When it comes to saving big on tires, do the math at Big O Tires. Start by saving $100 instantly on sets of four Big O brand tires with paid installation purchase. Then receive an additional $50 by mail-in rebate on qualifying purchases using your Big O Tires credit card. Add it all up, and you can save as much as $150. The tires you need, the savings you want. Only at Big O Tires, the team you trust. Hurry, sale ends October 13th. For the location nearest you, go to BigOtires.com. It's Thursday, October 10th, and today's Sportsbeat KC originated as a Facebook Live from Big O Tires in South Kansas City. Chiefs writers Herbie Teopi and Sam McDowell, along with columnists Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian, joined me, Blair Kirkhoff, to chat Chiefs among ourselves and the digital audience. We looked ahead to Sunday's home game against the Houston Texans, concentrated on the problems with the run defense, and wondered if the offensive woes in last weekend's loss to the Colts was a trend or an aberration. Hey, thanks to Kathy Lou for putting together today's show from long distance. We'll be back on Friday to talk college football and sporting KC on Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Facebook Live, Red Zone Extra. I, we're here to talk Chiefs with the crew. To my right, the clean-shaven ones of Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell. The bearded ones to my left, Sam Mellinger <laughs> and Vahe Gregorian. I'm on team clean-shaven today. Uh, in most today. days. <laughs> in most days. We are, as, as we are every Thursday, at Big O Tires. This one at, I always have to look at the door here, 13521 Madison Avenue in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, you guys, if we look, if you look at the stoplight out there, see the stoplight? If you take a left at that stoplight, you're in Martin City. So that's where we are, to give you some uh, uh, direction. Can I point out something else too? Sure. That you're showing your reporter chops by the, the, the numbers and the word up there are backwards to our view. And you're of course able to read it. Upside down, backwards, everything, like yeah. a good reporter. I memorized the address before I oh. came here, so. <laughs> because we had to tell Herbie about seven times. <laughs> uh, anyway, Martin City, uh, the original, the home of the original Jack Stack, uh, yeah. Jess and Jim's. There's like less than a thousand people that live in Martin City. There's as many restaurants there. It's one of the great little restaurant communities. So drop your car off here, take an Uber over to Martin City and get some good grub. So, hey, we're here to talk Chiefs. And uh, we want you to talk Chiefs with us. Give us your question and comments. Let's start today by uh, looking back a little bit at last week. And I'm going to turn to the historian here, Vahe. Um, I think in the history of at least the Super Bowl era, maybe the, the merger era of the NFL, only two teams have gone through the regular season undefeated, right? The, the Dolphins of 72, yeah. which, which finished the deal. Correct. The Dolphins finished the deal, and, and the Patriots, who got to the Super Bowl, only to be stopped by Steve Spagnuolo's New York Giants that, defense. That's right? right. But something a reader pointed this out to me the other day, and I, I couldn't um, I couldn't dispute it after looking it up. Dolphins supposedly are the only NFL team, not even pre Super Bowl era, to go through the whole Shamil undefeated. Maybe I, it could. I hadn't, could I, hadn't, a little bit. I hadn't realized that before. So the term I've been using is the last, which is accurate, but. Maybe not full. I bring it up because uh, we were all stunned with the Chiefs' first loss after four games, <laughs> as if we thought 16-0 was, was on the table for them this year. I don't think 16-0 was going to happen for the Chiefs. 
However, that didn't make the, the Sunday night loss to the Colts any less surprised. The thought I've had all along is they're not going 16-0, and 0, but I, very easy to keep kicking the can down the road thinking, well, it's not going to be this week. right? I think we all sat in these very seats of the different o, big O tires last week and said, well, nobody's picking the upset. We didn't even, we didn't even predict the game because we, we didn't. It was nobody, a spread. Yeah, yeah. It was a spread. Yeah. We went spread because nobody, uh, uh, nobody, put, nobody picked the Colts. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, Herbie, what happened? What what, <laughs> what happened? Uh, let's, there, there's a there's a it's a multiple choice question because a lot of things happen. But I'll tell you what. Let's be specific and start with rushing defense. Why did that? Why has that been such an issue for the Chiefs? They just can't stop the run. And the thing about this is when you talk to some of the defensive players after the game, and they they really understand that this is an issue that a lot of teams are starting to do against them, and it really started with the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens, Mark Ingram rushed for more than 100 yards last week against the Lions, or excuse me, two weeks against the Lions. on Johnson, who entered that game, I think it was like 2.6 yards 2. per 6, carry, yeah. rushed for 100 yards. And then last week against the Colts, Marlon Mack really, really set the tone for that Colts offense. And what's going on right now is they're playing keep away from Patrick Mahomes, and it's working. And some of the linebackers I talked to, Damian Wilson said, that, look, teams are now doing what's on tape. And they're gonna, it's a copycat league. So until the Chiefs show they can actually stop the run, it would not surprise me one bit. And then the Houston Texans, my goodness, this is a rushing football team. You got a triple threat there Deshaun Watson, Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson, all three of them can hurt the Chiefs on the ground. And they got to figure out a way to stop the run. So when you ask me what happened in the National Football League, most players will say if you stop the run, that's a key to success and you can probably win a football game. But if you can't stop the run, then your offense isn't coming on the field. And now you're expecting that defense to win the game for them. And I don't think this Chiefs defense can do that. Well, and it was the fact that the Colts held the ball for 37 minutes oh. on Sunday night. Not a, not a way to win a football game. Yeah, running the football. The Chiefs. Sam Ellinger, uh, you did a film breakdown of Frank Clark this week. And part of that is, uh, well, it's his overall game. Part of that, though, is stop stopping the run is he's, he's part of this yeah. part of the issue right now is he not and we're I mean we, we see him as a pass rusher but um, it, he's he's had issues all year yeah it, it, it's it's funny like he's actually the one guy on that defense in in that front seven at least that, that's defending the run okay <laughs> you know like you watch I mean he sets a good edge on every time a ball is coming his way and it either forces the guy inside where <laughs> theoretically there should be teammates there to tackle him, or you've seen him, he did this against the Colts a couple times and, and some other games too, shed the guy if the running back's trying to bust it outside. Like that's a mistake because Frank Clark will shed and he'll make a good tackle. Um, his big problem has been in the pass rush and he's just not winning. He's just not winning. I mean, it, it, the speed rush is too slow. The bull rush isn't strong enough. Um, he's got an inside move that's pretty good and a spin that, that he does off of that sometimes, uh, but he's just not getting to the quarterback. And, and there is, you know, the Chiefs sort of company line to some degree, I guess, has been he's, he's getting doubled, he's getting chipped, he's, you know, it's happening, you know, it, yeah, it yeah. is. But there's also times where he's one-on-one -on -one and he's just not winning. And, you know, some of this, we talked last year repeatedly, so this is a hindsight about the thing that made the Chiefs effective rushing the passer last year wasn't Chris Jones and it wasn't Justin Houston and it wasn't D, D Ford. It was all three of those guys rushing together. You, you can't double all three of them. 
and one of those guys is getting loose. And right now, they don't have that big threat. And that's just amplified now that Chris Jones is going to be out for a while. And we don't know exactly how long. I think, Kirby, we, we, you talked to his, or we got in touch with his agent, maybe you know, a weekly thing. But, but there's no definitive timetable for Chris Jones. No timetable for him. And then when you look at the injuries on this Chiefs defense, there are a lot of people you're missing. Xavier Williams now on injured reserve. They signed Terrell McClain. And it wouldn't surprise me if McClain – has to see playing time this Sunday. Might even start. I mean, who, who's going to play there on the interior? So they got a lot of injuries there, and, and it's going to be a concern. Yeah, and Sam McDowell, I know that you, in a story that we posted just this morning in, in the Kansas City Star, uh, which just, just flipped the, uh, to the other side of the ball quickly. You know, we, here we are. We spent the first you know few minutes talking about the defense. Patrick Mahomes in the offense scored 13 points yeah. you know, against the Colts. 13 points. That was, that's a... You know, a low for the Chiefs with Mahomes as a starting quarterback. Uh, fewest points in a game since, I think, early in the 2017 season. I think about 30 games or so, including the playoffs. And uh, you you wrote about this this morning and, and I think pretty much identified the issue, you know, for a team that relies so much on, on the talents of Patrick Mahomes. Um, there's one area where the Chiefs really failed on, on Sunday night. Yeah, man-to-man, something that we've talked about in the past, but... I guess I didn't realize how glaring the issue was until you you stack it up one play after another. Uh, there's certain coverages where, because the pass is so quick, maybe it's a little bit difficult to tell exactly whether the Colts were going to play man or zone. But based on my numbers, 9 for 9 against the zone, 10 for, I think, 29 against man-to-man. <laughs> um, and a lot of it, no, he, he did miss a pass. You know, I think we all remember Demarcus Robinson down the sideline in the first half that, that could have been a touchdown. Uh, he misses Travis Kelsey when they're backed up against their own end zone at one point. But what about Damian Williams? Did he yeah, Damian Williams could have had, had, had that it. pass. That, that was a man-to-man -man yeah. play yeah. as well on that, on that very first drive. But um, Colts played, in those first two drives, Colts played zone eight times, and the Chiefs got ten points. Afterwards, they played one zone package the entire rest of the game. And it was when the Chiefs bunched three receivers on the left. And I think because of that, they were forced to play zone, which lends you to believe maybe is that a solution to start bunching some receivers more often, maybe some screen passes. I know Sam pointed that out after the game in our Facebook Live. But right now, the guys just aren't winning their one-on-one -on -one battles. There's not a lot of double teams. In fact, I was actually surprised on the tape how often the Colts did bring a fifth rusher. I think we all thought they were putting pressure on with four. Mahomes yeah. even said that. But they brought a fifth rusher pretty often, which, again, just leaves one-on-one -on -one matchups. And they're just not winning one-on-one -on -one right now. How much of that is, is going to change when, I presume when, Tyree Kill yeah, and I mean, Sammy Watkins are he's, both he's back? He's the solution to all this. Yeah, and I, I think Sammy Watkins is a better solution than the other guys in the receiving core, but Tyreek is the ultimate solution to, to what's going on right now. Yeah, this is as much a personnel thing right now, isn't it, as, as anything else? I mean, the Chiefs should be able to, to, to beat man coverage with when they're healthy, when they're – you know, I, I didn't go back and look at Jaguars film or, uh, you know, first-half Jaguars when everybody was on the field. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but this, when, when Watkins, Hill, Kelsey – those guys are Pro Bowl and All Pro level players. Teams shouldn't be able to beat the Chiefs using I, using man. I agree with that premise, but I think one thing that's kind of interesting is these things are coinciding. the The trend line right now, and it's just a line, right? I mean, they've been averaging more, well over 30, 33, 34 points in the Patrick Mahomes era. So they've had one game, twenty points under that, right? But that 
So it's not really yet a trend, but here's the trend line. The last nine quarters, four offensive touchdowns. Yikes. Yep. And before that, first 11 quarters, I think this is the right math, first 11 quarters of the season, 12 offensive touchdowns. So that's different, but it's also coinciding with not only now having um, Fisher out and, and Hill out, but Watkins out too. And so at some point, you can only um, sustain so many injuries and still be yourself. But the other teams are figuring out a blueprint too. So what's the real truth here? Maybe it's a little bit of both. I, th- I think the other team will tell you what your weakness is because the Colts didn't play to their strengths. They played to the Chiefs' weaknesses. And they're a team that I think we saw last year in the playoffs, at that point last year with, with same, a lot of the same personnel, they ran more zone than anybody in the NFL. And they're still in the first month of this season are a very zone-heavy team. Uh, and they went all man-to-man in the second half. What's kind of interesting about the Colts defense, too, don't forget, they were down a lot of players, a lot yeah. of starters on yeah. defense, yeah. Yeah. and they still safeties. shut down. Yeah, yeah both safeties. starting safeties. Darius Leonard was out, and I think one of their cornerbacks got yeah. hurt during the game, yep. and Early. they still were able to stop the Chiefs. Yeah. So that's got to be alarming. That you, If you can't beat backups, <laughs> there's a problem. Same yeah. Backups with, playing a scheme that they're not used to. Correct. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, that's a problem. Same thing with the Lions. I mean, the Lions were missing a bunch of guys. Yeah. And, yep. Uh, they're secondary in that game, too. Darius Slay, I, know, I remember, was out, and they got a safety hurt in the, in the game. Did, do we have an answer to the question, um, man, we can run Patrick Mahomes out there. It doesn't matter who he's playing with because he's Patrick Mahomes. I, I sort of had that feeling about him. This you know, player who you know just transcends all. You know, doesn't matter who he's playing with. You throw any receivers, any running backs out there with him, and he'll he'll get it done. I think this kind of proves that um, the the margin of difference in the NFL is so slim, right? Yeah. So slim. It it is. <laughs> um, it's not just one thing, though, right? Like it's never just one thing. And and the zone man thing, I think, is a huge part of it. But also, there's a pretty clear line of distinction, I thought, between what and look, again, it was against zone a lot, but Patrick before the ankle reaggravation and after. Yeah. That made a huge difference in yep. accuracy. And I thought there were a couple times where there was some pressure that we've seen him get away from in the past that he didn't get away from then. And combined on that, maybe there were some times where instead of trying to get away from the pressure because he knew he was hobbled, he's, he's making a more difficult throw than he otherwise would. All this is true, so you know it's a bunch of different factors, and we really haven't talked about the offensive line, which was horrendous, yeah. like just terrible. Cam Irving had as bad of a night as an offensive lineman can have, and Ryan, then Ryan Hunter, Ryan Hunter was even came worse in. He was only in for like twelve snaps. plays, yeah. yeah, and just gave up twelve pressures. Yeah, he went play. over yeah. twelve. That was <laughs> and was bad. rewarded with a uh, with a dismissal from from right. the roster. Yeah. You know, he's no longer with the Chiefs. Yep. Uh, that is something to point out, though. That that, that Sam's point that is. Man-to-man is even a bigger deal to protect because you've got to give your guys time to beat press Hold coverage up. and to beat the guy. In a zone pass you could, or a zone coverage, you could get a quick pass out maybe. You can't do that in man-to-man. It, it emphasizes that issue even more. So it's definitely the combination sort of working in sync here. Yep. Well, which is why I, I, Mahomes addressed it um, uh, yesterday that he, he thinks we'll see more kind of quick hit stuff. Uh, against the Texans. Herbie, you've seen the Texans this year once, right? You've got to cover them. The Saints beat, uh, beat Houston in the opener. It was a crazy finish. There we go. Uh, <laughs> but we're using it for, for Sam. We're using it for the current uh, situation. Um, so it, uh, if, if I remember this right, Texas took a late lead 
and then went into a prevent defense, which prevented them from winning because <laughs> the Saints uh, got the long field goal at the end. What, what did you make of the Texans when you saw them? Well, the thing that really jumped out in that game there, and it's, gonna, it's a theme here that's going to come into this week, they put up 180 yards rushing on the Saints defense. And so it's the same premise. They were playing keep away from that potent Saints offense. You don't want to put the ball in Drew Brees' hand when he was healthy. And so this is going to be a theme, I think, going into this game. Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde, and Deshaun Watson are, are going to play keep away from Patrick Mahomes. But that's the big thing with the Texans. They are a prolific offense. Last week, I think they dropped, what, 50-plus points in their win. And so this is a team that can put up some points, and the Chiefs defense has to figure out a way to rally and, and stop this unit. They did put up 53 and almost 600 yards of total offense. Do you know what they did the previous week? Oh, yeah, it was bad. Yeah, the, at home yep. against the Carolina Panthers, yep. 10, yep. Points 10 points and, yeah. three, and 260 total yards. Watson was sacked six times. And um, Ron Revere is a good, really good coach, good defensive mind. Steve Spagnola, you know, coached with him. Both of them coached under, under Andy Reid in Philly. So which Texans team do, do you expect to see? I mean, uh, two home games, they're completely different. I mean, completely different. Yeah. Uh, offensively, I just I just find that contrast really interesting. They got a, but the thing is, that even with the running backs that they have, they also have potent wide receivers. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously yeah. in the elite wide <laughs> oh receiver. God. Will Fuller, very capable. We he went for like two. two, two we went good. for two hundred last week. Yeah. Will Fuller did. That Atlanta defense is going to keep the Chiefs from ranking last in a lot of categories <laughs> this year. Uh, but if you're looking for which team the Chiefs more mirror, I think they're probably closer to the Falcons on that scale than than they are the Panthers. Sadly, right. Sadly for the Chiefs. You asked that first. Not work here. That is is a big difference. Blair asked that first question to kick the show off. What what are some of the issues with the Chiefs? And I think we just spent like almost three hours breaking down everything that's going on there. There are a lot of issues. But I think the if if there's a national storyline for the game, it's the quarterbacks, right? It's Mm -hmm. it's um, it's the first meeting between Patrick Mahomes and uh, Deshaun Watson, who were taken 10th and 12th in the 2017 draft, and both teams traded up to, for the position yeah. to draft those guys. You guys remember where you were? Well, we were all at the Chiefs training facility on draft night, but what we were thinking when, when the Chiefs traded, you know, it's early, the Chiefs were going to pick like 27th or something, and then find out that the Chiefs had traded up. Who did you think they were going to take with that? I thought Watson. Uh, actually, let me back up. I thought Mahomes, but I thought it should have been Watson. I can say that now. Um, just because I, I thought that I was just mesmerized by he did it against the highest level of competition, and he had just beaten Alabama with a two-minute drive. I mean, a proven winner. I just thought that, that's the sure thing. Good athlete, smart guy, um, pedigree, like all those things. Uh, I'm glad they took Mahomes. That is better for us. That is better, better content, you know? And it's funny, like, that's a hell of a decision, right? And Trubisky goes, they Second, traded up to traded get him. Up, yeah, traded, <laughs> went from three to two, I think, to get And up. we watched a lot of film on all three of those guys, and it just, it seemed like, I mean, look, like these people that are making these decisions know a thousand times more about football than we do. I think we can say that. But I was like, why this guy over both, either of these two guys, <laughs> you know? Uh, but they love the tape, and they love, and, and that what I saw as a strength for Watson I think was an opening for the Chiefs to love Mahomes because it is true. He did it against the highest level of competition. He also did it with a hell of a supporting cast. Good linemen, some terrific receivers, absolutely studs. Uh, and, and Mahomes was doing it, you know, no offense to those guys, uh, but with not awesome teammates, you know. Yeah, and, but with a future NFL coach. 
That's right. That's right. <laughs> Chicken and egg on that. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick is the tide that raises <laughs> all boats yeah. on that. What, did you did you think? Uh, um, I, I thought it was a, a coin toss, and I, I I feel like do I remember right, Sam? Did you g- drill deep into how that decision was made? What they distinguished no, between I, them? Or have, I never wrote it. Okay, <laughs> I, I did yeah. some of the reporting, and, and it was basically they they liked the film. You know, it's like and also the connection though with with. with Andy's chemistry oh, with, yeah, yeah, with Patrick. Yeah. I mean, wasn't that? Yeah, the story's been told about the, you know, they brought him in for the meeting, and Andy just goes, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> thumbs up on this guy. And 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 I also when Watson, I think he is a smart guy, and and he knows his stuff. But and look, it's edited, whatever. But the Gruden QB camp, there was a big difference between those two guys, like how they showed up, and those things are edited, I think, to make the quarterbacks look good. Yeah, and or at least not bad. Yeah, and Watson kind of struggled a little bit. Maybe he was nervous or whatever, but because um, I do think that he's he's not a dumb quarterback. You know, he's not like a needs the, you know, it's not like the Sean McVay meme where, you know, Jared Goff yeah. is just like waiting, okay, I'm yeah. going to throw it over here. That's not Deshaun Watson. He, he's a smarter quarterback than that. But Mahomes in that deal just jumped off. I mean, it's like as talented as that guy is physically, um, you usually don't expect somebody to have both, to have both sides of it, to be that brilliant you know and, and I think that's what what pushed them over the top sort of going back and, and looking at because um, I did this this week the the 2017 sort of mock drafts and what people thought of these guys coming out and nobody had Mahomes uh, in the top five and and I think yeah. I've seen one that had him about 10 um, oddly enough had the Texans trading up to to get Mahomes uh Almost everybody has Watson going ahead of Mahomes. I, th- I think most people thought that he was going to be the better quarterback. Um, there's a couple people that that give second round grades on Mahomes or third round grades third, on Mahomes. I saw third, yeah. And um, I th- it's just crazy because now, knowing what they are, obviously Mahomes would be the number one pick, but Watson would be too. I mean, Watson. They might go one too. Yeah, yeah. If Mahomes, he, if, Watson. If, if he if he did the, redid the draft. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah cause, I mean, because that's the thing. Like we can talk about Mahomes being the right pick, and he was. But, geez, I mean, it's not like, yeah. you know, th- this wasn't like a, a Sam Bowie situation. You end up with Deshaun Watson, you feel pretty good. But, but everybody, it's just, the surprising part about that is everybody in the NFL, you think, reaches for the quarterback just in case yeah, this right, guy's right, going right. to be something. Yep. And to see those guys fall to 10th and 12th is really surprising in this day and age. You know, Watson started – that didn't start right out of the gate, if I remember. He started six or seven games his, uh, his rookie season. One of those games was against the Chiefs. Yep. And we, we were – it was at Houston, and we're down there, and the Chiefs got out to a big lead in that game. So uh, – an insurmountable lead. So we started making our way downstairs before the end of the game – and as we were on the elevator getting our, getting our way down the field, I think Texas scored like three touchdowns and turned it into a one-score game, and they were all Deshaun Watson passes. You know, he, he ended up with five touchdown passes that night against the Chiefs. I, what I remember that game for is when my guy, Chris Conley, got hurt on an onside kick. On an onside kick. Yeah. Yeah, well, because I, the, the Texans, maybe they recovered it and scored, or that was the I last gap. that was I the last that's gap right. That's also the last onside kick recovered in the NFL. <laughs> If that, if that was the case. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, like, like I said, this is the first Mahomes-Watson matchup, but Watson has faced um, an Andy Reid coached team. Not the only matchup, uh, and then certainly that's not a direct matchup, but there are, Herbie, you're, uh, you'll be looking at uh, 
some other matchups in this game, uh, especially the one in, that will involve J.J. Watt. Yeah, and this is going to be a big one, obviously, against right tackle Mitchell Schwartz. I almost said Ryan Ramchek. I, I caught myself there. So yeah. no, obviously, you bring Mitchell Schwartz into the, into the Chiefs organization because of the elite pass rushers that line up over the right tackle in the AFC West. And, and so he's battle-tested to go against a guy like J.J. Watt. And one thing that really is interesting to me about J.J. Watt, if you scheme against him properly and you have an elite right tackle to go against him, you can probably contain him as it happened in week one. Sorry, Sam. Ryan Ramchek kept J.J. Watt off of the scoreboard, off the stat sheet for the first time in 105 career games because they trusted Ramchek to go against, Schwar uh, not Schwartz, but Watt one-on-one and help them out as necessary with chip blocks from the tight ends on that side. But I, I suspect what you're probably going to end up seeing here, because a lot of right tackles like to watch film on how their, their predecessors or, or their peers have competed against some of these elite guys. So it wouldn't surprise me if Schwartz dove into that film. And we'll find out, because I'm going to try to talk to him this week on that, because I know that he and Ramchek are close friends and they talk a lot. I think Watt had a good game against the Chiefs. Uh, the only time that Reed has lost to Houston, they've played five or six times, but the only loss was down at Houston the regular season. But Watt's also had some misfortune against it. He's been injured, I think, mm -hmm. a couple of times. That playoff game, yeah. uh, he, he left early for that. And I, mm -hmm. I just want to say there was another time. That he Eric Fisher had a really good day, if I remember right, against him in that, in that playoff game. He yeah. did, and that was um, – there were some whispers about the uh, the J.J. Watt flu. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Sure ended up playing from earlier yeah. in the season, right? Yep. Remember he? Yep. he yeah, the he, opener, the season opener. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. You, you could tell after that game, and and look, there was a lot of emotions after that game because that was the Chiefs' first playoff win in 22 years, I think. I think that's right. Um, I think I had that right. And uh, don't check me, but um, <laughs> so everybody was emotional. I remember Alex Smith coming off the field and just you know. The second most emotional I've ever seen him after the uh, the Dave York photo, yeah the, yeah, the Chargers comeback. But Eric Fisher was over the moon and justifiably so. I mean that 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 meant a lot to him. Jesse Bates wants to know: Are the issues at linebacker, or when we're back, back we're talking about the defense issues at linebacker or the defensive line? Yes. Who, <laughs> 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 I remember uh, Damian Wilson had that interception uh, in the opener against Jacksonville. And I'm trying to think of the next best play fumble, line. Fumble. Force fumble. Force fumble. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, the, the force fumble that uh, Breland recovered, right? Yeah, I'm wondering for that. Yep. Uh, and I'm trying to think of a play that a linebacker's made like that since then. Yeah, I, th yeah, I, think, I think he's referring to, I guess my response was more to the rush defense issue. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. When, um, when, when you get into the tape, uh, the, there's not a lot of gap coverage there. E even Ben Neiman, who, a guy that I like, I thought struggled when he came in for Hitchens to just find the right gap that, that the running back, that Marlon Mack, and I know Marlon Mack's a smaller guy, but constantly it seemed like he, he was one level over or, you know, just, just not in the right spot a lot of times. And Hitchens practiced it limited yesterday, but um, I still think it's probably 50-50 whether or not we see him on Sunday. Yeah, and so uh, Josh Ogle wants to know how long is uh, Eric Fisher out? Good time to talk about the injuries. It is a pile of injuries long list as you guys noted uh, yesterday 12 to 15 names just on the injury list and um and and i don't think mahomes name was on there was it on the, on the injury list even though we, we talked a no, lot of spent he a lot said time uh, about his ankle. he said yesterday that his ankle felt pretty good and he said it in sort of a, a surprising tone like a key it, was surprised you're right yeah. right like it you know it came in sore tuesday but but it feels pretty good today and that that was yesterday um but i mean blair you wrote a lot about the 
just the whole list of injuries yesterday. Right, I, I did, and, and and quoted Mahomes saying what he did, and and then you know I remember looking at I've got I got the injury report here. He's he's not on the injury report, so you know listen he's. He said it's not perfect. To me, to me, a less than perfect ankle probably should designate him on the put him designate yeah. on the injury report, but it's not. Maybe maybe he'll go on there today. But he's going to play, and his ability to elude danger is so important yeah. for what the Chiefs do. Look look at their touchdown. Look at the fourth and twenty seven completion right. that kept alive for at least a moment the the last gasp on Sunday night. He has got to be able to um, to elude. Well, trouble. You're making me think of. I, th- I think this is an interesting question. I tried to ask Andy Reid about it a little bit yesterday, and he, he more or less shot it down. But the Chiefs right. need to win X amount of games to do their their damnedest to have home field advantage in the playoffs. We're assuming this, this is their trajectory. At the same time, if you're really thinking about the big picture, do, do we want this guy fighting a season long injury and, and just like getting through games? And okay, I mean, I mean. I think it's reasonable to think about the question, and I'm sure there's a million reasons why I'm, I'm wrong on the premise, but I think it's reasonable to think about the question. It, maybe you should sit the guy a little bit and let that ankle be at its best for the last two months of the season. Before, Just a thought. Before we chew on that, let me, my, uh, my crack editor, Sam McDowell, uh, was, was overlooking the screen here and noticed that Mahomes was on the injury report yesterday, full participant with the ankle. But it's a good point. It is. It, you asked Andy that yesterday. Yeah, and, and he he didn't really entertain it. I mean, he kind of just like you know gave me the. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he wasn't a smart Alec, but he but he just it was just kind of like you know doctors tell us what we're going to do and everything. Right, but, it's up to the doctors. But but I you know I just I'd be interested to know if you even have a discussion about that sort of thing. Like, okay, we want him at its at his best, the best he can possibly be in November. December, January. But, but how long would you be willing, I guess, to, to sit him out? Because at some point, we all, I mean, Sam wrote about this last week. I, I still think the Patriots-Chiefs game is happening. and uh, it, it is. It's all about game, getting to that game that, and where it's yeah, going to be. where that game happens. I know. It's, if you it's, fall too behind in, in the race, right. that's, that's a much different picture. Because right now they're essentially tied. Like in, in, yeah. Half a game back. Yeah, something. but if you win yeah. in Foxborough, then you're, then yeah. you're ahead. Uh, it's just and the Texans. It's an AFC team, you know. I yeah. think the Texans are another team that like Baltimore. Um, it seems like there's uh, like Patriots, Chiefs, Gap. I think Texans are a little bit better, or I think the Ravens are a little bit better than the Texans. Texans. But I or think those or are, the Colts? Would you put the Colts in? Jeez, I wouldn't have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> three and two, and just beat them here. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah, I don't know. Look, it's a, it's an interesting question because first and foremost, you probably have to you have to secure your position. Right, yes. and you got to win games. And now, I think um, I don't know about how you guys feel about it, but I, I'm I'm certainly more reluctant to kick the can down the road about when they're going to lose again. I mean, I, I I think they could lose this week. I think the Chiefs have been and Andy Reid have been cautious when it comes to injuries and bringing players yeah. back. Tyreek Hill's been taking you know reps on the field on Sundays the last couple weeks well, and. I, I really, he's, I don't suspect he's going to play this Sunday. Earliest would be the following Thursday at Denver, but I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play in that game as well. So, to, to which is way of my responding to your point. I, I, um, I, I think once a player is out, they do everything they can to you know make sure that he's 100 percent, as much close to 100 percent getting back. But if you're not out, you're on the field, you're playing, and you're expected to go and. I just I don't remember Andy or the Chiefs with the long view of, of yeah. an injury oh. 
However, they've never had a player like this. Yeah. yeah. The other part that we don't know is the Rick Burkholder's opinion on how much are you risking putting him out there of a re We just saw a re, re aggravation last week, but how much are you risking that again? Because if it's, it's just something that needs time, maybe you can find some time. I don't know. Sometime, <laughs> just <laughs> next week. You get the extra two days. They got two games in. Was it? Yeah, five uh, days. Five days yeah. coming up. So, I don't know, man. A lot of screen passes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Remember when Alex Smith got the ear injury at Indy? God, yeah. Oh, yeah. The bleeding ear <laughs> that he went back in the game with? Yeah, yes, that he finished the, the, the game with the Colts. He did sit out the, the next week, Jacksonville at home. Nick Foles was the quarterback that game. But that was it for the, uh, <laughs> the look, absence Andy, of Alex. Look, Andy, from the ear. That speaks to, <laughs> it does speak a little bit to how Andy views the quarterback a little differently, right? Like, he keeps him in games as long as he possibly can, even when games are decided. He's just, there's something about Andy's view on that. I don't know. We'll the see value, how it plays out. The value out. of a replacement player is a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's a little and bit there different. is that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good line, but it's really freaking true because, yeah. um, you know, look, I, not bashing Alex Smith. I think he's a good player, but Alex Smith is here and Nick Foles is here, right? Patrick Mahomes is here. Yeah. Matt Moore is, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the gap the big is point. much, much bigger. Yeah. Okay. Hey, before we get to our um, kind of our closing segments, let's let's talk about um, the the Travis Kelsey Eric Bieniemy moment. Uh, two moments actually on the on the sideline. Uh, Vahe, you ended up writing about this yesterday. Or it's in today's paper. Um, it's on Ben Online since last night. I'll set it up and then and then you comment. So it's it's the first quarter and everybody watched the game knows what happened. Um, Kelsey was having a tough go, right, early on. And, uh, and gets to the sideline, and Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator, kind of gets in his grill about um, ball security mostly. We don't know for sure because Kelsey didn't tell us that yesterday, and Bieniemy, we, we talked to later today, but we just assumed that that was the topic. And Andy kind of, Andy Reid kind of, yes, he did. That's right. Time, he, so, yeah, you're right, he yeah. did. So let's, uh, let's stipulate that. Um, but it got, you know, there was a little shove, a little. Shove push, uh, we, that was also part of the story is how you want to define what happened, followed quickly by, by an embrace from uh, Kelsey to, to Eric Bieniemy. Andy Reid, as you said, mentioned it on Monday and, and you know, basically called it a heat of the moment play and moment. And then Travis Kelsey addressed it on Wednesday that, um, you know, again, part of Vahe's column. And, and we have the audio of that also on uh, in Vahe's column. I, I recommend you go read it. But at the at the very least, um, a bad look. A bad look. You just can't do it, right? You can't put the hands on the coach. I would feel different about it, though, if Kelsey hadn't basically immediately gone over to hug him. Now you can we can break this down a lot of different ways, but the, the thing I'm going to take away from it is Kelsey's push, and I do look at it as a push more than a shove, and I know it's semantics, but it was a get away from me. It was not a I'm coming let's after fight, you, let's right. fight. I mean, there were two guys, uh, Irving separated Biennemi and Laurent Duvernay-Tardif separated Kelsey, but it wasn't exactly necessary. It wasn't going to get um, accelerated, I, I don't think. Um, the other hand, one of the thoughts I had, in fact, Blair, we were kind of kicking it around the office yesterday when I was typing, I, was, I just sort of turned to you and said, what if you had done this to Andy Reid? 
<laughs> and I think it would look a little different. And there, there's all kinds of implications that speaks to. So I just think the Chiefs need to say, needed to say something to not, con, not allow it to be condoned. And I, I get that they might have said something internally. More than likely they have. More than likely. But, but I think you need to, to say, we, yeah, we can't have a player pushing a coach. I think it just needs right. to be said. I do realize there's, there's a lot to it, though. Sam McDowell, you were out there yesterday, too. Yeah. What, what, um, what are your thoughts? I, I agree with the latter thing. I, I thought on Monday the statement should have been stronger um, because you do have a player pushing a coach on a sideline with, I think in, NBC brings 43 cameras to the game. You know it's going to be on, <laughs> on camera. So um, to me, it's just a completely unacceptable thing. To And I, I know he did go over and hug him afterwards. And, you know, I, I wouldn't suspend the guy or anything like that. But I did think a statement was, was worthy. Well, Herbie, you, uh, is that a, was it a findable offense? Is it a, when you see something, that would, could that be? Internally, maybe. I don't think the NFL would do anything right, like that. Right. That would have to be handled internally. But, you know, to, to everyone's point here, sideline flare-ups occur all the time between players and coaches and even between players and their own teammates. But putting your hands on someone, like, like Vahe and Sam here said, yeah, that, that, that can't be, especially if it's on national TV. You can't hide that. And everybody. And now we're spending all this time talking about it. Andy Reid talked about it. Kelsey talked about it. And you better be guaranteed Eric Bieniemy is going to have to probably address it again Thursday. So, yeah, you can't put your hands on a coach. You just can't. Sam, speaking of discipline, we've seen, we've seen Kelsey kind of sit out the start of a game before. <laughs> the Tijuana game? <laughs> where, where he spent the first quarter doing push-ups. Push ups. <laughs> I forgot about the push-ups part. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that was actually like one of the biggest things I was thinking about through the this. cold shower. Is that, yeah. uh, there's context in everything. And with Kelsey, I thought he was kind of past this. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like, this isn't, he's not 24 anymore. You know, and, and this was a big thing for him. Of, um, I don't think it was like pushing coaches necessarily, but it was taunting and it was personal fouls and it was, you know, the towel on the yeah. referee, which was just objectively hilarious. <laughs> but still, right? So, and the other gesture. <laughs> right it's still have. <laughs> it's good still, content. Yeah. I'm glad. Like, I don't mind. Exactly. It was still something you probably shouldn't do. Yeah, good for us. Not good for, <laughs> not good for the Chiefs. I just, I, I thought he was past this kind of thing. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, if it's a thousand dollar fine or whatever, like, what? I don't think it's that big of a deal, but just sort of like, you know, eyebrow raise. Like, oh, I thought you were 30. You know, I thought this he, was. You need a Charcandric over on the side <laughs> there to right. be, be smart. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Pete Sweeney, we'll, uh, we'll get to your question in the, uh, in, in the press room Pete later Sweeney? today. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, so let's, let's begin to close it out with our uh, Where the Rubber Meets the Road segment where we, where we select, uh, identify a Chiefs player who... You already got Mahomes? <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Right. <laughs> I got a better one this week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> who, we, who we think will uh, uh, have a good game on, on Sunday against the Houston Texans. Herbie, let's, let's, uh, let's start with you. A lot of choices here because you'd be anticipating matchups and, and, and what the Chiefs might do, what they have to do to be successful. What do you think? Well, where the rubber meets the road here, and I'm going to go with the recent signing because, as Sam mentioned earlier, we have not talked about the offensive line. But it would not surprise me one bit that Stefan Wisniewski is starting at left guard. And if he's starting at left guard, 
Never mind J.J. Watt over the right tackle. They've got a pretty good pass rusher on the other side in Wiley. So, you know, you're, you're yeah. going, and he's probably going to be helping out Cam Irving a lot because Irving struggled against Justin Houston. So I'm going to say Wisniewski. That's a good one. They're going to put him around. Yeah, this is a plug-and-play player, uh, a seven-year vet coming from Doug Peterson with the Eagles. So he has a, a general understanding of what Andy Reid likes to do with the blocking scheme and the West Coast offense. Sam McDowell? Um, I guess I should preface this by saying relatively, I think Kelsey's going to have a good game, even relative to his standard. I think he's going to come back, and he's, he called last week. Uh, what stood out to me most was he said it was among the most frustrating games, or the most frustrated I've been in a long time, I, th I think was what he said. Yeah. Um, I just think he bounces back and has a big day. Plus, the Texans' weaknesses, their pass defense is horrible. I think they're fifth or sixth worst in the NFL in pass defense. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to say LaShawn McCoy. He was a, a little bit of a, a ghost last week because they, well, because he fumbled and because they didn't use him that much. And I, I, I think he can do some things, take some pressure off uh, Mahomes and, and just give them a little different look offensively. All right, Sam. Uh, I feel like I lead the team in Tyron Matthew picks, but I'm going to go with him again. Um, one, because I just think he's a really damn good player. Um, and he's been, you know, as Todd Haley would say, his arrow is pointing up Todd here Haley. and going against the, you know, his old team. Uh, I, I think it's an opportunity for him to play both close to the line of scrimmage and to maybe some of those intermediate routes and, and maybe get a turnover. Wouldn't Todd Haley also say the Chiefs are 0-1 in the second quarter of the, of the season? Yeah, we did too many of the things that got ourselves beat. <laughs> right. I, can, I can give you his whole post-game speech. <laughs> hey, and to, to amplify Herbie's point, um, uh, Terrell McLean also could be a plug-and-play guy this week, the defensive tackle that the Chiefs sign. Presumably they'll be without Chris Jones and we know Xavier Williams on the, on the IR. So my um, – Rubber meets the road uh, player is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, yeah, I'm going with him again, psych, uh, because, <laughs> because he always throws for 300 yards. And, you actually and, and said what, you had something different. Yeah, I did. I just want to throw you off right. the trail. So, uh, <laughs> so I wouldn't use it. All right. so, hey. <laughs> Thanks for joining us here at... Oh, uh, that's real. They really going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, I'm going with that. Okay. I'm, I'm sticking. I'm sticking with it. I'll be right again. Uh, and Watson. <laughs> right. I can go co. Yeah, I can go with co. Uh, so, uh, hey, next week, uh, programming note, because the Chiefs play on Thursday, we will be back next Tuesday from a Big O Tires. This one, I believe, in Olathe next Tuesday. So... Thanks to all these guys that, uh, that drove out south uh, this week. I just drove a few miles. It was good for me. <laughs> and, uh, and that's what it's all about. <laughs> it's about uh, that's right. uh, Thanks to Beth. Thanks to Sarah and Mike for, for coming out and, and uh, joining us here. And we will talk to you guys again after the Chiefs game on Sunday against the Houston Texans. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 bucks, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKCOffer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening.